Good morning, good afternoon. Hope you're all doing well. Today's Dharma talk is fear and control. So there's so many directions we can go with those words. They're words that we use quite a bit that show up all over the place in our society, in our families, in our sangha and so on. Several ways of talking about it. One of the ways that I've mentioned before is someone who is really uh, operating or is fearful will know they're afraid of something. They may not know what it is. There may be some kind of a, a nondescript paranoia or anxiety happening. Can show up different ways, has different words. But someone who is uh, covering up fear may not even know, just wouldn't think they were afraid at all because there's so much aggression coming out uh, to towards others. This is the people who are really aggressive and blaming. They don't think they're afraid. They just think they're angry about something, some other, some other situation that needs to be what controlled, needs to be stopped, needs to be governed, needs to mind. We do that with our children. It starts early. If you have young children, go slow. Because you can actually add on to the difficulty that that person may have by misunderstanding what it is they need to go go through. This doesn't mean, you know, give every uh, a three-year-old free reign. I'm not saying that, but be very careful about what you correct. So you'll notice I'm not giving you a formula. What I'm recommending that you do is train your mind so that when anything, anyone, any situation shows up in front of you, there will be less, just relatively speaking, there will be less projection on there and more receiving what's there. How does that feel? Like you don't know what's happening. This is what most people are concerned about. If they don't know what's happening, they've got to find out. they got to get control. they got to shut down the fear. they got to find who to blame, who to turn off, who to stay away from. A sitting practice of meditation and the study of the Buddha's Dharma and all of its different ways that it shows up seems to be uh, pretty helpful. Uh, maybe not right away, maybe not the first five or 10 years. It's very difficult to see what this is in uh, a few months, few years. It takes a while. This is why we have uh, what I talk about over and over again, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, what's being taught, what's being talked about, what's being discussed. And the community of people who are from all their various causes and conditions show up. It's amazing that we are free and well-favored. We're free enough to even come to such a thing, not living in another country where you can't, don't dare go out of your house. And also we're, as you've heard me say, and it's been said way before I got here, we're well-favored. The karma that we come up with might be difficult, might be challenging, might be scary, uh, might be confusing, might be circular might be just hard all the way around, but there's enough opening in there, that enough curiosity. Human realm, we're in the human realm, enough curiosity about what this is. We've not clamped down on something to drive us into the jealous God realm, the God realm, the animal realm, the hungry ghost realm, or the hell realm. So we're considerate, look at this. And then if we are... Um, well-favored enough to stumble into the Buddha's Dharma, which is not the only way that this could be done, but it's a way, then, then, we're, then we begin to, to resume our original nature. That doesn't mean be the human being you were in the 14th century. We're not talking about that. Your original nature, your fundamental nature, your Buddha nature, your awakened nature, it's covered up with hope and fear and right and wrong and up and down, back and forth. And it's very much like a game. Who's ahead? Who's ahead of who? Like, uh, it always reminds me of the Abbott, Abbott, Bud Abbott, Lou Costello skit uh, from what? 80, first. Huh? Yeah. Who's on first? 80 years ago. So who's on first? If you ever haven't watched that, then. So the, 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 what I'm endeavoring to promote to you is that you take those two words, take the fear 
and control and see how those show up to you. Are, are you controlled? Is someone trying to control you? Fear. Somebody's trying to control you. Or is there, are you trying to control somebody else? And what's the intention, the motivation? What's the fundamental motivation behind that? Is it that you don't want your children to give you a bad name? That's pretty common. What will people think? <laughs> if you misbehave. So it is always and forever about awareness. It's about the awareness. And that's so difficult because anything that shows up in the mind stream is tempting to shut it down, control, explain it, control, control it by, well, that's must be because of that blaming must be because of him, because of her, because of that society, because of this government, because of that dictator, because of this uh, kind politician or whatever, but all that is important on some level, but fundamentally what is important is for you or for me, for all of us, train your mind so you see clearly, so you don't operate out of the fear of control, the desire to control, uh, ignoring that something, that the controlling functioning that is happening there uh, looks like freedom. It looks like Got it made finally after all this work. Finally made it to something or other. So what am I saying to each one of you? Each one of you know knows in your own mind stream what control is for, for yourself, how you would explain, describe that, how it's showing up in your particular family, your your sangha, your society, world, and fear, and how that's showing up and how that is for you personally. That's the that's the door, that's the Dharma gate. The Dharma gate to the to the complete. understanding of relative truth and absolute truth so that you understand it. Then you need to find your own Dharma gate. And if you sit on your uh, chair or your cushion, hold very still, that will start to arise. It may not arise right away. You may have to go through a lot of uh, odds and ends coming and going, right and wrong, up and down, should be, shouldn't be. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. This is terrible. This is good. I'm feeling better. I'm getting better. I'm getting worse. I feel so. I've had such a great meditation. You've probably heard me say, I don't care how good your meditation is. What I do care about, if you're a student of mine, is that you meditate and that you study. If you're a student, then consider what I say. Or if you're a fully ordained monk, you should do what I say. Otherwise, give me your robe. I'll put it on the shelf and you can wander around the streets of uh, Des Moines for the next 10 years. I'm not being silly. Fear, hope and fear, control and what, freedom maybe, or, or an openness. Uh, everything, the control that we need is the control that comes out of dependent origination without your say-so, without your permission, without your stamp of approval, it just occurs. Please watch that. Please observe what happens in your mind stream as the very thing you'd like to stop. The very nature of the world, of the warfare in the world is in your mind. Lose that war. That doesn't mean cave in and kill yourself. Doesn't mean go the other direction. Doesn't mean anything as far as directionality. What it means is uh, be aware of the tension. Be aware of the the, the um, kind of a, a disagreement about anything that's arising by way of blaming, explaining it, controlling anything. You can do that with sitting practice of meditation. If you train yourself to, and you have your own little world dynamic, your own microcosm right in your mind stream, sit down, hold still, and the world will show up in its apparent otherness as your thought patterns, as your emotions, as your feelings. And they'll be personalized by what you add on to them. But the impersonality is just uh, dependent origination, pratitya samudpada, that which is coming, as is said in the Yogacara tradition from uh, conscious, from the eighth consciousness, just a way of talking about it. It might be the 15th consciousness. There might, the numbers might not even apply there. As soon as you start to count it, it locks down on something, and then you get to think about it. 
Have you noticed? You can think about the five skandhas, but you don't know what the hell they are. Fundamentally. What are they? I can tell you. You want to know? Not separate. Not separate from anything. Not separate from that mouse cup. Cheese cup, rather. Not separate from it. Not the same, but not separate. Not the same, not separate. What's That which is speaking to you here is not separate from your mind stream. It's also not the same as your mind stream. That's why it's so difficult, because in spiritual materialism, we want to have control of what this is, because it because we can see move things move this way and that way, and we can see this thing, and we can say, we can pick something up. We can throw it away. We can put it back down. We have control, the appearance of control. We can do stuff with it. So then we tend to, because of that, that tends to show up well, if I can control that, I should be able to control all the other things, all the other phenomena that show up as things, emotions, feelings, thoughts. Maybe, maybe not. Michael? Can we do things with our thoughts and not control them? Nope. No, you can't. Do you wanna? Yes, all the time. Okay, you don't have to stop wanting it. You just have to stop doing it. How do you do that? Watch how you keep doing it. Don't agree, don't disagree, do nothing. It sounds kind of, well, that, that can't possibly work. That's, you don't have to do something? No. What do you, the word I often use, and next week I might think of another word. But right now I'm saying just receive. Receive the frustration that we have, or not being able to just like we're, the comment that will come up is if we keep getting frustrated, we say, I'm never going to get this. Uh, this is uh, this is never going to go away. Ego. Other questions? Or I can continue to talk. Go ahead. A question from Tyler McCune. Is everything that arises in the mind stream spontaneously arisen? Yes. If you understand spontaneous, dependently arisen, there, there is no there is no thinker. There are no thoughts separate from other thoughts and other spontaneity that happens in terms of energy that converts itself into however it needs to show up, dependent on pratyasamudbada. Follow me. You can't follow me. What I said didn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It only has to make sense if you're trying to merchandise and have a merchandising of trying to get it or control it. Further question? You, you mind, can spontaneity um, or can control arise spontaneously? No, it could be spontaneous or it could be. Uh, Spontaneously, it could be even a knee-jerk out of fear or a knee-jerk out of the need to control. So it would be spontaneous in that sense, but kind of a, of a before we know what, what's even going on, we're immediately going something for something else. That's not necessarily spontaneity in the, in the, in the sense of a, a generous uh, free motion in, uh, that is not disagreeing, agreeing. Uh, with anything but is moving with the apparent movement in the mind stream in the life stream that doesn't object doesn't agree and doesn't ignore and therefore spontaneity the way i am referring to that is it it's just not separate from anything follow-up from tyler yes what is the contrast between what's what arises spontaneously and what we add what uh, what just uh, just conditioned uh, things arising coming out of whatever uh, causes and conditions called our life? What happened when we were three years old? What happened to us to this particular aspect of the consciousness uh, centuries ago in another in another lifetime? Apparent lifetime. I would stress the word apparent because we don't know that for sure. So the contrast there is something shows up. If you're sitting on the cushion and you're watching what moves and what comes and goes, you'll notice there are times when you're not doing anything other than just receiving it. And then other times uh, something shows up in such a way, and then we begin to add thoughts onto it. 
So we start to generate. So one is generated out of the desire for control, the desire, uh, the, the wish to uh, not be threatened by that, uh, and all the, the nuance that runs in circles around that. So uh, that can be understood, still can't be controlled, but it can be understood uh, through receiving. You can see, eventually you will see that that which arises uh, has, doesn't, need a, doesn't need a credential. And that which receives the arising or the otherness doesn't need or gain or or look for any credential to prove that at least I'm at least I'm aware at least at least. Kevin Bowing. Kevin. What is the contrast between setting an intention and trying to control impact? bowing so it's dependently arisen and uh, the awareness that is there for instance uh, the intention i would talk about here because i'm rather biased in this area the, the intention to be with all things the intention to save all beings the intention to put others before myself that kind of intention or that kind of benevolence or that kind of generosity needs to come out of wisdom you can't if you're generating in another way then it's just trying to be a really nice person who looks good to everybody, including to yourself. So we set the attention. And then if we are concerned about a result or, you know, some kind of, I think you were talking about controlling a result, then, then it's just, it's just a relative situation that may work relatively uh, uh, depending on everything else that's invisible, that's behind the curtain on the stage that you can't even see what strings are being pulled as it's sometimes said. And, and a, a willingness to just be with, I don't know of another word or description to whatever arises, to don't accept it, don't reject it, don't look away. It's just that, it's just, it's just a, sometimes referred to a, as a pure appearance. It doesn't have a past or future. Relatively, of course, it has the relative past of being over here and the relative present of being here and the relative future of what I'm gonna do with this. But this, is this the future? I'm putting it back. It seems like such a subtle thing, but we just, we just seal ourselves away from the impossibility of understanding what's fundamentally happening to us by picking, choosing, right, wrong, up and down, back, the should be, shouldn't be. I like that, I don't like this. I'm drawn to this, but I don't care for that. I really like this person, wonderful person to be around. But this other person is a jerk. I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just saying that, uh, be aware. Don't necessarily jump to a conclusion about anything. Kevin Bowing, so would you say fundamentally that the one intention is to be with all things, Bowing? From this perspective here, yes. It's a spiritual path rather than a mundane path. Now, if you're trying to get a job, you know, then other elements are going to come in there that um, put you in the position in the first place to even be looking at a possibility of a job or another job or another function or another anything, anything. All of the elseness uh, appears as something else, something threatening, something I need to control, something that's not in my business and all of that. A lot of room in there for questions. Don't let me sit here in the open this open space of, huh? Go ahead. So Graham Bowling, some of us are born with a type of temperament that's reclusive, socially awkward. Yes. Um, what is your instruction for working with being with all things or saving no. all beings when that's totally. our temperament? Okay, so, uh, so Graham's talking about being just kind of naturally reclusive or introverted or whatever the conventional description of that. And, um, so I think it's, it's, it's very individual uh, from one recluse to the next. Uh, so some people uh, need to go to the mountaintop, like Melarepa. Some people need to go off and just stay there the rest of their life. But, but it needs to be, it needs to be, it's an individual situation for each. There's no correct way or incorrect way. And the way I would talk to anyone who's a student of mine is 
uh, uh, recede from the environment of uh, the otherness into the environment of your own mind stream, your own production, your own uh, microcosm of the world, which comes and goes and starts and stops and likes and doesn't like. Is this story, that story, this story, that just like the dream world we were talking about earlier. It's just it's just dependently arisen and we're not sure where there's any first cause for anything. So I would just say, just do the best you can and don't overdo it in any direction, middle way. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, train your mind to watch, train your, train your mind, not to control it, but to observe. The training has to do with not, not grasping or trying to control it or stop the mind or like some traditions, the one that I was trained in originally was uh, Shamatha Vipassana, Shine and Laktam, or mindfulness, calm abiding, resting in tranquility, and then at some area or point, then eventually more panoramic awareness, uh, less, no, no focusing on the breath or the uh, counting or whatever you may be doing, more about uh, uh, widening your gaze and looking out across the room, not at a wall. So there, there are methods for trying to create some kind of a, uh, I don't teach that. Uh, I'm not against that. If somebody wants to not look at the wall anymore, I'm fine with that. Don't. So it'd be, it'd be individual. We, you and I have talked about that some, somewhat in different ways. Uh, more about it? Take, take us deeper into that. Go ahead. So Karen Bowing, sometimes you say do it anyway. Working with a, a mind that doesn't want to do it. Good, good, good area for a question. You know, I, if you can give me a, a relative question. How do we respect our our internal arising and yet still step out into the relative world? That's. It seems if you're if you're in this situation, it depends on the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher. You have to have a teacher who respects your confusion and not tries does not try to manipulate you into some kind of way or technique and uh, respects you. I mean, I'm not saying that there are situations where uh, teachers who are a little bit more uh, pushing people around more. Of course, there's all kinds of that macho stuff going on. More about that, let's go. So and bowing, uh, when it's relevant to uh, a partner or a child. Mm -hmm. uh, is it our business to work with their interaction with the relative world? Um, well, first, the first thing that comes comes up is less is better, but not so much less that you're you're abandoning what is there, abandoning the child, abandoning the partner, and also not going the other way and say stay with them till a bitter end. You know that, but the ego mind wants to have some kind of a space where they know what the hell's going on. Where they have some kind of relative confidence in. I think I'm doing the right thing. How many times do we hear people say that? I don't know what to do. I don't know. Uh, well, there isn't anything to do. The downside of not knowing what to do, uh, what to do next, is is for ego is frightening, terrifying, un uh, unsteady, unsure. Uh, maybe produces anxiety, um, but uh, the wisdom mind doesn't care. If it has a it doesn't hasn't need a position, and so therefore that's why it's so important to when those kinds of things come up, using your you could say, using your mind training, don't do anything, take no position, move move no direction, and then you will see what if you need to do anything, you'll see what you need to do. It'll just be obvious to you. You won't make decisions, and until that time, as you. As you already know, uh, if you're having difficulty uh, in our situation, I will tell you what to do. But you first have to say, I'm not sure what to do about this. This is this and this and this. And you're confused. Then I will tell you. I'm not going to tell you much. But I'm, I might say, as I've said before, I, do, I have, do I have your permission to tell you how it looks over here? And then you say that. And I say, do that. And you can also say, no. I would say, well, then do something else. There's no right or wrong to it. It's, it's, it's just the world is just rampant with correct and incorrect. And uh, it's tiring, but that's the way it is. So 
we just work with it as it is. We work work with the tiring part of it and the fear part of it and the hope part of it. And we just be aware of it, be aware of it. You might never stop hoping, but you might be more aware of what that is to actually put a lot of energy in wishing for something else. We do that all the time. We hope for the welfare, wish, pray for everyone all the time. As, as a form, we do it as a form. form. So, Grandpa, I have one last question. Are you correct? My what? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Not relatively. No, relatively, relatively, I'm in terrible shape. But I don't mind. I don't mind. My particular karma, your particular karma, your anyone's karma is just doing what it needs to do. Don't meddle with your karma. What do you mean that you're relatively you're in terrible shape? Well, I'm old. My health is not so good. Uh, I'm confused. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? That's because you're covering up your confusion. I don't. I am my confusion. Not, a, not, not afraid of anything at all. That doesn't mean make me some kind of superhero. There's no, there's no beingness to that. That's what you're working with. And that's what I'm here to point to with your permission. I have to have your permission. When you sew a robe and receive vows, you're pretty much giving me permission. But even then, I'm not going to treat you like I was treated uh, in the Marine Corps. There's no particular uh, uniform code of Buddhist justice. We have one more here, Coz, then I'll come back to you. Go ahead. When Sokaran brought up, you sometimes say, do it anyway. I do. You also sometimes say, don't go to war with yourself. I do. So couldn't doing it anyway be a form of going to war with yourself? Could be. Which do we do? Well, do whatever you want to do. But if you come to me and you ask me what to do, I may say, I don't know. Sit more. I may say anything, which is likely, but I also might say, tell you, do this, quit that job or uh, stop talking to that person, stay away from that person. But it's not based on being right or wrong or controlling you or anything. You're coming to me as a, a student of mine. And I, I may have a little bit more relative insight into what's happening, not to mention some kind of deep understanding of the, of the, absolute nature of reality or this world or human beings. Or Just confused how to work with that if it looks like I would be caught either doing something that would be fighting with myself or yeah, I'm not sure. No, I can respond. Persist. Whatever you're doing, persist. Continue to return to it. Return. Use the wall. Use the training, returning to this, return to Buddha, return to Dharma, return to Sangha, return, 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 return to it. You already have uh, lay precepts. You are already, your life is no longer your own. You just don't realize it yet. How long have you been on this path? Four years? Something like that. Yeah. And you're still young. Keep going. That's why it's difficult. It takes a strong structure of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Kozan. Um, there's a, a comment and question in the chat box, and I'll read Laura's first. Um, Laura from Traverse City. She says, It's difficult to hear the questions from Sangha members. Perhaps they could speak louder. And then from Daniel, he asks, how can I be with all things if I am afraid of people and don't like them? That's the only way you can do it. And you already know that. You already know that. I know you. I met you. You already know. I, I, there's no other answer. That's how it's done. Be with all things. <clears throat> 
I'm, I'm happy to take another question on top of that, Daniel, if you've got it. I'm delighted to go into that miasma with you. He goes on bowing. He says, um, crap, with two exclamation points. <laughs> My darling. But she's on bowing. What is it about that negativity that makes it the only way we can function on the Bodhisattva path? You're no longer fighting with it. You're no longer fighting. Anything that arises is, uh, is grist for the mill. And anything that arises is it's that kind of intense personal feeling and uh, a completely radiant quality of not separate. At the same time, it's called non-duality, advaita. Not du non-dual, not two, not two. It just, the, the, the feeling of everything being separate is just astonishing. It's so powerful. And we get just uh, one second to the next, we get, we get dumped back into our strange, weird personality that was here, uh, well, in your case, 30, 30 years ago. I can't remember, you're 31, two, 32. What are you? So you're not even 35 yet. <laughs> But we get we get pushed back and forth, and it's about just it's not about being with it. That's a little bit extra. But just just be you know you don't have to be with a roller coaster. You're riding it. You're in it. So just look at the scenery again. Go ahead. Shane Bowing. Does the responsibility to the sangha change if we've received vows, either lay or monastic? I think it just has a higher profile to it. And it's it's different with each person. The vows you received as a monk, the vows Shoka's received or Sogran has received, that you're you're working with your own karma, your own hope and fear, your own personal Buddhist path as as the Buddha did twenty five hundred years ago. He had to look at his situation and work with it as it was. And what an amazing uh, human being. Seto. You had said um, to Jinshu that your life is no longer your own. Is our life ever our own? No, but we just don't realize that we think we're somebody going somewhere. Got something going on. Or else life sucks and nothing's working. I lost my job. And it's not that those aren't difficult. It's just that we make it worse by uh, thinking that we can get control of it. We, we just we're and then or else we blame someone else or we 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 jump ship we switch the cow's load to the ox we just anything but face something directly what it is not separate there isn't anything else you can do this if you're listening to me or consider if you're training your mind you, you can do this it just takes a while it can take lifetimes I mean, when i say a while i don't mean necessarily 30 years even though in the Zen tradition, you'll hear, well, so you still take about 20 years. Those Zen guys. Gosh. Zenny, Zenny, Zenny. Yes. Question from Shane in Virginia. You still ask questions? That's surprising for Shane. Go ahead, Shane. Are nothing to do and do nothing to what arises, pointing at the same thing? They seem so different. Well, do nothing with what arises is a practice, and nothing to do is uh, a relative statement about fruition. It's just, there's anything to do. Uh, as a, a the interpretation of the Heart Sutra by Kobachina Roshi, nothing to do, rather than Slaha, said nothing to do. Shoka. Shoka Bain, what is our life if it isn't our own? So there's different ways I can respond to that. But so uh, let me say it this way to you. Your life is none of your business. That's what it is. There isn't anyone. 
there isn't any young, handsome monk sitting here. Not a compliment. Shogavine. <laughs> yes. It seems like when I hear that my life isn't my own, it immediately kind of goes to my life is about others. But if our life is none of our business, what's the difference between that and our life is about others? Same thing. It's the same thing. Want to argue with me? Come equipped. How is our life none of our business? There isn't anyone. That's how it's none of your business. But you may have to see that. You may have to see that through uh, through seeing out there. Uh, dedicating yourself to others, help others, be with others, be with all things, save people. And that, that doesn't mean meddle with them. Meet them where they're at. It's, it's, it, if you meet someone where they're at, they might not think you're doing anything at all. You might not think you're doing anything at all. And you may not be doing anything at all. Is that helpful? So then how do we do that? See the way you can't do it. Look at the other end of it. See the way you're pulling back. You're, you're, you have a really strong, the uh, way I would describe it as an uh, introverted, uh, very, very private situation. You don't want anyone chatting about you. When you. Even though when you leave the monastery, anybody who lives in the monastery is a monastery resident is required. And they make an agreement that if you leave here, you, you say where you're going. Oh, you, have to, you, don't have to, you can say going to the store, going to, uh, going to um, the, the vet, going to the chiropractor. Uh, going to out to wherever you're going, just say where you're going. You don't do that. You just say off temple grounds or off minister. You're the only one. Everyone else I know where they're at. I never know where you're at unless you say I'm going to work. Then I know you're somewhere killing mosquitoes. Isn't that your job? How do you how do you handle killing mosquitoes when you're a monk? Aren't you supposed to not kill anything? Can you respond to that? It's been the one job that helps me to practice here the most. Okay, pretty good. So, uh, so this is a good time. I'll do it right here in front of all these your sangha, both off in the distance and nearby. Same thing. Let us know where you're going. Sam, I'm going to. Uh, Tobacco shop. <laughs> Anybody else going to the tobacco shop that I don't know about? <laughs> you see what I'm saying, don't you? You don't have to tell us the size of your underwear, but you need to say where you're going. You say where you're going. I've been watching you do that for years. Well, since the smartphones came out. Before then, the dumb phones, you weren't able to do that. Just say where you're going. Nobody's, nobody's gossiping about you at all. You're not that important. You hear me? Good. Further questions? Question from Conrad Wood. It says, greetings. Just a lay person listening in. How can I get rid of the feeling of finding others pathetic, of reacting to some people with contemptuous pity? So if, 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 you're, not a, if you're not a meditator, I don't know if you're a meditator, but if you're not, it's going to be difficult. I can't say much to you. I would say just do the best you can. But if you're a meditator, then I would say I would emphasize this part. Just watch that. Don't correct anything. If you try to correct things, change things, be a better person, I'm not saying you couldn't relatively be better, but we're not. This is a spiritual path. And if you're tuning into this and you, you say, I'm just a layman or whatever, uh, but you're here. So something's, something's showing up here and there's no particular sales pitch. You need to bring your energy this way or not. 
So just, if you're not sitting, start. And observe, get to know yourself. As uh, my teacher, Chogyam uh, Trungpa Rinpoche would say, make friends with yourself. That's hard. Because just because you make friends with somebody doesn't mean they're all of a sudden friendly. That means you're, if, if you're, you don't have to make friends with somebody who's really nice and kind and sweet to you and, and never gives you any difficulty. The one you might have to make friends with is someone who is uh, difficult. So make friends with that person, this person. Make friends with that one. As I've said, and then said way before I got here, make friends with this person, you won't have any enemies. Now, that doesn't mean you'll have, that everybody will be easy to deal with, but they won't be enemies anymore. You'll more than likely have some understanding of the kind of crap they're dealing with in their life. Yes. Question from Semi in Portland. Semi. Are desires a facet of control? Yeah. Yes, wanting, wanting something else, wanting control. Something is going this way and that way, and we, we desire to have, have control over that. Question from Liam in Marquette. Liam. He has in quotes, be with everything. That's the way you do it. That's the way to do it. And then his question, what are some methods to be with everything? Okay, so the way that you uh, be with all things is the basic uh, way of talking about the, the Bodhisattva vow or save all beings is another way more personal. Save all beings, put others before yourself. And the way you do that is to notice how it's how hard that is to do that. Just be aware that you're you're prioritizing yourself before others. Uh, another way to do that is to go the other way and and put yourself first uh, by um, by having a whole lot of negative ideas about yourself, about how terrible you are. So you, that's another way of more a hidden way of putting yourself first. Feeling sorry for yourself or feeling some kind of self-pity. Not wrong. It's about being aware of that. If you're aware of it, then eventually it takes some time. You will see that that's just kind of makeshift. It's something I'm making up. And then you begin to see the intention around that. And the intention is to support something that's not actually solid or real. It takes a while. and it, But it can be done. A lot of room for questions in that area. Yeah. Mark Bowing, um, there's one in the chat box um, from Ivan. Ivan. Uh, what is the relationship between depression and control and fear? Bowing. So depression is a name that we put on top of a feeling. And uh, we have 10 people that all claim that they're depressed or they're diagnosed as being depressed. The underlying situation, uh, probably quite a bit different with each person but they don't know what it is, so they give it a name. So therefore, it, it's something that you have a, a feeling of control because at least you know what, what you're having, having depression. I am depression. This is just ego language. I'm not saying it can't be relatively helpful on occasion. Some people working with uh, psychotherapy and different kinds of relative ways of helping a person kind of ignoring the spiritual or... Uh, deep consciousness dimension of, of human beings. Um, so it's, it's, it's the, it is the awareness of that, not the manipulation, the control. So it's the awareness of the control. It's the awareness of the fear. And it's, it's just being aware of that. And how do we do that? Start, start small, start with sit down and hold still and notice a slight, changes in your mind stream. The more you look at this, the more you will see the op an open dimension. It's like the first thing is seeing the, the sky and the leaves fall out of the trees and the, the fish in the stream. And every, and then eventually you begin to see the deep, using a relative way of talking about it, a deep background, a deep, uh, a deep, deep uh, spaciousness of, of the, the space in which those things are occurring in in particular, the depression, if you're calling it that. But you can actually back out of the depression. You can take the word depression and pick it up off 
take a label off from the motion of the feeling, set it aside, and just look at the feeling. Use a literal way of doing it. You can actually feel that. It might be smelly. It might be distasteful. It might feel like this is going to go on forever. I'm never going to get rid of this. And uh, you don't need to. But you need to see, you're listening to, to me, you need to see what it is fundamentally. It's dependently arisen. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's beyond the personhood that is, that is concocted in order to protect us from the outrageous situation of dependent origination, which looks so personal. We concoct somebody who can stop that, somebody who can control that, somebody who can come back with so much aggression and hatred that they don't even know that the background behind that is fear. And what is that fear? Fear of oblivion, fear of not existing, even though we go to sleep every night and vanish. Andy Bowing? Go ahead, Andy. Uh, when what's arising in the mind stream is um, a lot of instructions or um, things like ha- things that need to be fixed, how is it not control or rejection to do nothing with those, Andy Valley? I don't know. How's it look to you, Andy Valley? It it feels like that. Feels like what? It feels like it's controlling or rejecting by not following um, the instructions that are arising. So everything you said there, just look at that. Don't modify it. Don't change it. Don't don't validate it. Don't uh, take its its whatever apparent credentials are arising up with that. Don't do anything with it. Just just look at that. And it's, and you, of course, it probably goes without saying, but it, I'm going to say it anyway. It, it takes a strong awareness practice to be able to work with anything like that. You can't do it with just the mind because then it, it's too tied into, you know, it's just like the poem we read yesterday of Lawrence Ferlinghetti's The Corny Island of the Mind. It's too tied into all the other poems. It's too tied into, tied into every single, single thing that happens Coney Island. It's dependently risen and it's chaotic from the point of view of any uh, intelligence that is trying to protect something or advance something. Chaos. Orderly chaos. As Trungpa Rinpoche would talk about that. And if there is a strong need to know or control, then then, then we could go back into a private self who can accuse or blame this way or that way, or find somebody who's at fault for how we feel or how we're doing or our lack of control or being in a, uh, an area where we feel threatened. Because I'm bowing. Yu um, Hong has a question in the chat box. And she asks, is wanting things different and controlling the same, bowing? I think there's it's just words that are saying we want to control we want to move this over there and want, wanting something to be this way or be different or be something you know, so there's a two two words that approach it from different areas but it's about observing that rather than rather than stopping or slowing down or starting or manipulating or trying to control the controlling or trying to it's about as much as you can in your in your life sit down and hold still and look at the controller look at look at the 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 one who is afraid if you can find them because if you start looking for them they start to get more afraid ego does not want to be seen and it will hide out under any kind of stuff it can any, anything it can the realization doesn't mean there's somehow some healthy ego shows up who is really nice and won't push or pull ego will promise anything as long as he gets to be included in the realization. Realization is, as uh, the Vidyata said, is a, uh, the ego wants to witness its own funeral, which I would say it, there is no funeral because there wasn't anybody in the first place, which is maybe even more threatening. Another question from Jane. Jane. 
When you give us the instruction of do nothing with what arises, are you pointing at nothing to do? A little bit, but it's very easy for to uh, ego to usurp that and, and try to be the one who has nothing to do, and which is, to, in my mind, is just out, out and out laziness. Don't be lazy. Who was it that just told me that when they talked to the Dalai Lama, the, was that? Yeah. Could you repeat that? So, Gurren uh, an interviewer asked the Dalai Lama. A little louder. What, uh, an interviewer asked the Dalai Lama what his weakness was, and he replied, laziness. Laziness. The yeah. Dalai Lama's laziness and your laziness might be not exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> the Dalai Lama is just, you know, trying very hard to look humble. <laughs> And he succeeds. Why? He is humble. He is. Another question from Tyler, who's in San Diego. Tyler. How can we make the path more sticky so we don't give up? So that's what the three jewels are about, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. If you don't have a teacher, it doesn't have to be me at all. I'm not here promoting anything in that regard, but find a teacher. Find someone who has some understanding, some experience with this. And when you talk with them, uh, they both magnetize you and they scare you. One might come sooner than the other, but eventually it just, it's just, a, it's like eating an imaginary moon pie. Wulong bowing. Wulong. Um, so recently I met with, uh, someone, a family member that has a lot of long history of, um, stuff. Um, when I met with them, it, it went very unexpected. There was an exchange and an opening. And I also noticed that on my part, there was a caution in moments don't go too fast. Don't give too much because of the history of this person. Yes. Manipulating and yes, that that caution seems to be tied into uh, feeling gullible or naive or um, there's a, a restraint. So my question is that caution. Um, Does caution always only only exist if there is something threatened or can it be discriminating awareness? Sorry, that was a multiple-ish question. Well, I'm, I'm used to you. Uh, <laughs> so we've, I've been down this trail with you many times. So I would say uh, yes. Yes. Yes, it's, oh, you got me. <laughs> Did you just follow me into that rabbit hole or am I there all alone right now? I'm the rabbit. <laughs> what is caution? Pardon me? What is, what is caution and restraint? You, just, it's just a, a, a low-level fear of the unknown. It's, it's, we're not trying to get rid of that and be, and be some artifice or some, you know, uh, physical kind of heroic macho, I'll mow everybody down, I'm, I'm a buffalo, I'll do what I want. We're not talking about that. We're, we're just saying that, you know, you can just, with your awareness, you'll notice that sometimes a relative situation shows up in such a way that, the caution is uh, it's relative. It, should, it just, uh, you know, to use the relative term, it just makes sense relatively to, to you're cautious. Just if you're, if there's a lot of uh, 
a strong awareness about what is happening rather than a lot of conclusion around what's happening, then that caution will breathe. It will be, it will be there uh, situationally. And then when that situation lightens up the caution, you won't perpetuate the caution in order to feel like somebody who's being cautious or something. But it's a very, it's a subtle area. It's a good question, but it's a subtle area. It's, it's subtle. And the way you asked the question originally, when I said no, uh, all that was to, was to do the idea there is the structure you gave. Uh, I could say yes or no. Otherwise I get into a conversation with you and you know that I don't particularly have conversations, not in this situation. Anyway, I might, Right. Do I have conversations with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Yes. What is the anger that comes up when it feels like we're being controlled? It's just a way of, uh, well, if you if you feel like you're being controlled, then then there's a then there's a fear that arises out of having somebody else come and move you or tell you what to do or shut you down or uh, you know take control of you. There's a fear that arises, and then and then there's three poisons, and you can either uh, you can either shut it down, ignore it, and they they may get control of you, and that may be your interpretation of what's happening when really they, they want to help you. They want to. They want to be kind to you. They want to meet you where you're at. Sometimes when someone meets you where you're at, uh, sometimes that brings up the, the cover-ups of where you're actually at, and that can get threatening, even though the person's intention was to be helpful. You follow me? So, so it's fear. It's fear of being controlled. Yes. Junchi Bowing is one who is realized controlled by others? They're controlled by, uh, by, by uh, dependent origination, sure. They're, but they're no longer at war with anything, nor are they, are they, are they at peace with anything. They're not, they're, not, they're not any particular situation, so they can tumble all over the place. If they're functioning as a, if they understand what this is based on uh, teachings of the Buddha, then they'll probably continue to, function in that way but someone could be spot i call them spontaneous realizers someone could be just spontaneously could realize their true nature they have no they have no practice there it's going to be eaten very difficult for them because to see what this is with no basic understanding of it uh it can be terrifying especially to ego if you read uh, uh what's uh was it susan seagal's book uh, collision with the infinite this is a person who would have a little bit of meditation practice, but no teacher. And if you read her book, it's like she was getting ready to get on a bus and her personal self dropped away. And she'd had no particular training. So suddenly she's blown away by everything is empty of everything. And that for ego, that would be terrifying, but with no training. So she, it's interesting, instead of going to meditation teachers, or something about someone who had, had some experience with it. She instead went to psychologists, psychiatrists. And I think for many years, they tried to medicate her and so on, but she had a rough time. She eventually came back around to uh, working with people who were meditators. I don't remember the whole story right now, but, but she was uh, uh, terrified. So you don't particularly want to awaken to this without some kind of understanding of what it is. What is freedom or liberation when you're still controlled by dependent origination? You're not separate from the dependent origination. So you are the leaves falling from the tree. I'm not being romantic here. I'm not saying, oh, I'm in the sky. I'm the mountains. I'm the, it's not some kind of corny thing like that. It is, it is vivid and it is, uh, it is uh, completely present all the time awake, asleep, walking, sitting on the toilet, anything is there all the time. It, do, it doesn't even, ha even have any kind of all the time to it because time is gone. No past, no future. No future. doesn't mean that you relatively don't see that you're going to go to sleep and probably wake up. You're not too concerned with it. 
what you're concerned with if you're in this situation is uh, help be, help all beings deal or work with their suffering because it is intense. It's all over the world. We're trying to <laughs> annihilate ourselves while the aliens watch us. Further question if you have it. Final question anywhere? May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Soku Koji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering. And if you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.